0: Hello, beautiful listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Powerful Inc. Startup Stories podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Nicole Miles from Miles to Go, which is a brilliant business name because it's a play on words with her last name, but it suits this woman's story to no end. And I can't wait to share her with you. Nicole and I just found each other from a podcast request I made in a Facebook group. By the way, ladies, it is that easy. I am booked out from one post with amazing, amazing women. We're having the best time. So, Nicole is one of those, and she came forward and she has done the transition from working in a job to becoming a full time entrepreneur while going through an incredible and awful series of life events but the word awful now that these things are over she is thriving on the other side of it and you know a favorite song quote that I have to help find strength and anchor me in when I'm really feeling low is from a country song and it's when you're going through hell just keep on going because you might get out before the devil even knows you're there And while Nicole may have miles to go, she has come miles and miles and miles. And I have no doubt that she's just going to go all the way around the world multiple times over now. So from working in nonprofit, she's come to transition into um, a trauma and healing type business and empowering speaker. She's been on TED Talks and does one on one coaching and now just this whole big, beautiful, robust of things so that she can pay forward the lessons and the healing that she's experienced. So welcome so much, Nicole. It's a pleasure to have you here today.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. What a beautiful introduction.
0: Oh, well, I mean, you, you just this life. So the listeners
1: are probably like, what happened? <laughs> <Taking care? laughs> what on earth I'm talking about? Well, um, I was enjoying this lovely little career. I have been so lucky in my life um, in that I've always had an advocation and not a vocation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved the work that I've had. And um, I was doing this wonderful education gig. I was loving my life as a a teacher and an educator and Mm -hmm. and getting my degree in curriculum and instruction so I could go into administration. And uh, what it wasn't telling people is that I was involved in a domestic abuse relationship. And um, it came to a head such that after, you know, women go back in domestic abuse situations about seven times. Uh, right. I was, I was okay. around my sixth, okay. um, had dropped a restraining order at the request of my then attorney, who subsequently okay. was fired after this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, when <clears throat> at eight months pregnant, two police officers came to my door yeah. and informed me that they had uh, what they believed to be a credible threat against my life. Right. And suggested that I I, um, you know, they can't make you, but that yeah. was, that was the spark for me. That was the moment where I said, okay, we're gonna have to do something different.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh,
1: I went into hiding and disappeared for a little more than a year
2: mm-hmm.
1: months. I uh, yeah. ended up losing absolutely everything. So the house, the finances, the, the advocation, the community, right? All of it. right. And, and suddenly had to start over. Mm-hmm. And uh, I rebuilt that life, three kids in tow yeah. and uh, became a nonprofit executive. Was really, again, happy with that advocation, was growing, building wonderful things, doing wonderful things. But when I would share this piece of my story of what I'd come through to get there, people were constantly asking me to talk about it. Right. And I didn't want to, not because I was ashamed, but because I couldn't figure out a way to tell this story in a way that helped anybody. I didn't want that lifetime movie thing that happens, right? Where it's like, you okay. know, just, just the the drama of the trauma, so to okay. speak. And so um, COVID happened. I was, I was running this organization and, and COVID happened. And uh, as as I think many of us in leadership positions did, we were just reading and reaching for everything because no playbook, right? Mm-hmm. This, yeah. what's happening. Yeah. And I stumbled upon an article by a man named Dr. Richard Tedeschi who is one of the founders of something called post-traumatic growth.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And in it, he outlines what post-traumatic growth is, this this ability to rebuild after a massive trauma or a small trauma. Mm -hmm. And, And this idea that in his mind, there would be in an ideal situation, there would be these people he was calling expert companions, who mm-hmm. would partner alongside people who have been through trauma to help them also experience post traumatic growth? Because the reality is, 70% of US American adults before COVID were going to have a traumatic event mm-hmm. defined as something that replays in your head and limits your capacity to be your most productive or best. Okay, so that was before COVID. Mm-hmm. Out of COVID, I mean, look, it's everybody, right? So I read this and I'm thinking like, that's it. What I want to do is be an expert companion. I want to share with people my experience in a way that makes sense to them and that relates to it without it being just about the trauma piece. I actually really don't talk much about the trauma piece when I work with people. Um, Instead, I work on this post-traumatic growth Mm trauma-informed systems and practices and resilience. I went and right after reading that, got certified in two levels of trauma and resilience. Mm. I went back to school and got um, an IO psych master's with a coaching and consulting concentration, um, which is wrapping up right now, like two
2: weeks, and,
1: and got to work speaking really aggressively, getting out and speaking in the domestic violence and sexual assault spaces and workplaces. Mm -hmm. Um, And and hence, Miles to Go speaking and consulting was born. Um, Mm -hmm. Now I I coach individuals one-on-one. I teach workshops on resilience and Mm self-care, and I work very frequently inside um, organizations that are advocacy organizations or response response organizations. So also thinking law enforcement, lawyer, yep. you know, legal yep. teams, et cetera, yep. on trauma-informed practices mm-hmm. and on post-traumatic growth and what that actually looks like. So it's been, it was a really crazy journey to to literally stumble upon an article um, and have kind of all of these pieces that have been swirling around for me uh, line up and make sense.
0: Yes, that aha moment, right? We mm-hmm. hear of this forever mysterious, the aha moment, or the, you know, lowest part where then it came. So this clarity, and and nothing by accident. So you finding that article at the right time, because you talked about in the first set part of the journey, um, and after coming out of you know remaining anonymous with a newborn Mm -hmm. and and all of the like stickiness and heaviness of what that would have been people wanted you to talk about it but you didn't want to just talk about what happened you wanted it to have more meaning more healing and you had to come through some healing too probably because you probably had some like Um, you know PSTD after all of that or you're just in this heightened state of survival mode all the time you just don't know how to come down and then you see this article and things start to click and it sounds like these companions are this lighthouse right this after once you get out of hell here's what life looks like instead of staying in this treading water pattern it's it's a way to really move forward but with your whole self and not um, stuffing down anything that happened along the way.
1: Right. I, I use the phrase um, thrivership, not survivorship. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. I what I hadn't known about myself through yeah. that process, that rebuilding was that I was going for post-traumatic growth and it took me a long time and I stumbled and I made all kinds of errors because I didn't know this was a thing yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have any guidance. And so, right, that line of aha was What I wanted out of this story and out of being able to, to speak about it more than anything else was to be able to, to be someone else's guide Mm -hmm. through a space for which there's no guidance, right? I said, this is what happens. We have these acute responses to any kind of trauma, right? If you get, Mm -hmm. if you get a cancer, you, you know, you ring the bell and you walk out the hospital door and it's a huge celebration. And then what? Yeah your life's on the other side of that you know I got through the court system I lived in all the shelters I did I did the dirty sticky thing yeah Yeah. and then it was like okay go ahead well everything had changed and I there's Mm -hmm. no there was no playbook Mm -hmm. for that piece and so you do tread water because you are hurting but also you're lost so many things have changed for you
2: yeah
1: and including who you thought you were
2: (laughs) Yes, what your reality
0: was and the mourning, the grievance of a life that you thought you were going to have that you don't get to have anymore.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a, there's a space, there's a step in the post-traumatic growth framework. Um, and one that I work on called loss and limitations. And it's, it's one of those spaces where, you know, we don't like this, especially in U S society, Western culture, we really don't like Mm-hmm. um, anything that isn't positive. So I do a lot of speaking to people about toxic positivity
2: yeah, and the yeah, yeah. Of
1: like, you know, everything happens for a reason and you're just so lucky to be here and how completely disempowering uh, these actual ideas are, but we really don't like the notion that you know i will say out loud from time to time i had a beautiful life i mean mm-hmm. the, the domestic abuse situation was dark and ugly that was mm-hmm. not a beautiful but there were facets of my whole life
2: mm-hmm.
1: that were beautiful i had you know i had such a loving church community i led a bell choir there my daughter sang mm-hmm. in the choir they were competitive dancers mm-hmm. uh, you know it was the house i lived in at the time was the first house i had with the with kind of a kitchen that i had always envisioned mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. From time to time, I still miss those things. Okay. And people want to look at me and go like, but it's so much yeah. better. Look, it is and and missing something or having grief and loss for something that is no longer a fit for you is valid.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you yeah. don't have that experience, you actually can't grow to appreciate the other pieces. Mm-hmm. right? I like the, you know, Leonard Cohen has says, you know, this is, there's a crack in everything, right? That's how the light gets in. Right. And so you do have to have these cracks and, and you have to make space to honor them. You have to make space to, to, to feel that from time to time. And we just don't like doing that. Well, I think what's
0: beautiful in that is, is there's this surrendering to what did happen fitting in it and accepting it and, and not judging or being so attached to the trauma pieces, being able to see a a more whole picture, you know, from higher up of all the things that were, and instead of again, stuffing it down is just like really walking through it. Right. And you, being able to hang on to some of those pieces will help you remember the good.
1: Right, the- right. The 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 joy of having the dark is that you get to have the light too. Yes. And you cannot get to that light without that dark. And I, I think that's, you know, that's true in the business journey as well, yes. that there have been so many days you know, where I've gotten up and gone, like, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. or I'll miss something that I had in that structured leadership space. Mm -hmm. And and I'll think to myself, like you gave, you gave that up, you gave that up. And there is a moment of, of course, I miss that. Or I I'll miss a, you know, a a colleague or a person that Mm -hmm. I was mentoring or something. Of course you'll have those moments. And I, I think what needs to be brought to the surface. And what I like to tell people is those are, those are valid moments. Mm-hmm. They're okay moments to have, and they don't indicate a lack of appreciation or a lack of joy or a lack of, of anything for your presence. That's right. Like you can still have this great and wonderful present, in fact, you may appreciate it more
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you can look back on those other things, but it, I think it doesn't have to be this extreme, like close the door. We don't talk about that anymore. And, and we well, love really yeah, that to people, right? You well, you made that decision now, so so move on. Move on. I don't
0: know. Everything comes with us, right? We're this beautiful, ever-evolving mosaic or puzzle, and every piece fits together and creates a larger outcome. And so we have to go through what we go through to see and sometimes there's dead ends and detours and different things, but we bring it all together. And so entrepreneurship and, and in our preamble, you were speaking to this part of being able to thrive and survive, mm-hmm. raise millions for a nonprofit, really be in um, your zones of genius and um, you know, robust, results and then shifting them to your own business is always a lot more emotional and then we make it so personal and you know <laughs> in the online space maybe we're selling ourselves so it feels personal but really what you're doing is you're selling a gift inside you and you're not solely defined by that gift and so there is an extreme personal growth journey involved in entrepreneurship as well to see things a little bit separately and guide yourself or find ways to guide yourself forward so we're not lost in um, the (laughs) razzle-dazzle
1: (laughs) of the online world. Right, right, which is, which, you know, we, I think, cognitively, we know that so much of that is false, Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: we're ruled by emotions, and Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's Brene Brown that says we, we like to think that we are cognitive beings who also feel when in mm-hmm. reality, we are actually emotional beings who actually, who, who occasionally think, right? Beautiful. So, Beautiful. so you're, you are, um, you're um really connected. You get so invested in that emotional mm-hmm. piece and it is, it is personal, right? It's your business, your idea, you alone. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the scale of wins has to change dramatically, especially if you've been very successful in your professional space, whatever that was. So mm-hmm. there is a, a, a reckoning of saying, yeah, I was a seven-figure fundraiser for mm-hmm. nonprofits and and built these pretty amazing community structures and places, and some weeks for me, a win is two sales calls. <laughs> some right. weeks for me, a win is is, you know, a uh, hundred views, getting a hundred views on a, on a little mini video that I've put out, yeah. like the win, the scale has to change dramatically yeah. when you're starting out. And it's easy to forget that, especially it's easy to forget that we also started out that way in our, in in our kind of non-entrepreneurship careers, right? We started in Absolutely. these small spaces
0: Absolutely. and built
1: ourselves up, but we if you exited at this level of mastery, it's very difficult to come to, to terms with the idea that like, you don't have that mastery in, in the entrepreneur space. It's a whole new, it's a whole new game and, and it will be painful and ugly, but I'll say that, uh, you know, clearly with what I've been through, I've, I've had to do a lot of work on myself, mm-hmm. um, have had to, to do a lot of healing journey. I use my own tools. Um, yeah. But with rare exception, I have uh, never gotten to the core of exactly who I am and what I believe quite at the level that I have over this past year running mm-hmm. this business. Amazing. This will distill exactly who you are and exactly what you want. Um, and well, it's not pretty you... always, but it will be there.
0: Well, the, the not pretty, that's the light in the dark right right and and you know i'm i'm thinking of uh framing out a new program powerful healing and in it there's this phrase that comes of unconditional self-acceptance and this is what you're speaking to is everything counts every little iota of particle energy that Create molecule that creates who you are is part of who you are mm-hmm. otherwise you're not and so why would you turn away at any single one of those tiny you know to the smallest bit of who you are rather be curious be open non-attached and try to learn from yourself and really go deep into it and recognize really like cuz i you know strong capricorn sort of the control the follow the book do all the things be the good little girl want to to please on the outside instead of like just exploring everything that you are and having this um like i said unconditional self acceptance it's even bigger than self love like because you know that all of these things don't take away from you in fact they add more to who you are yeah that's add more right more to who you are and you know when you said if there's no dark and light anybody who lives where there's snow go out after a snowstorm without sunglasses when the sun is shining and you right, won't right. be able to see a darn thing right, it's right. blinding
1: solar blind is real especially when there's a reflective surface and it's yeah it's so. Um, it, it also this takes time, or at least you know it did yes. to me, and and I think that's yes. one of the things I do in the trauma space. But I think it's really um, relevant to the entrepreneur space is that the timeline is what it is, and I can never tell you. That's why I, I'm big on tools and frameworks mm-hmm. that people have to mm-hmm. fill in for themselves, um, because there's no prescription to this. Yeah. You know, anybody who says it's going to take you four months to be up, or it's going to take a year to be up, or it's going to take three mm-hmm. years to be up, like they might know some averages or some experiences, but is that going to be your experience? <sighs> Hard to say. Yeah. It's going to take the time it takes, but there's this kind of magical piece in entrepreneurship that I think isn't, I sure didn't know anything about it. And maybe other people have talked about it and I just wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. But Despite having the career successes that I had inside the structure of working with other organizations for other organizations, there is something that is undeniably magical about unlocking all those facets of yourself and suddenly having a moment where they all come together. And there's a lot of moments where it feels like they're not coming together and you are walking Through the pitch black, you know, we'll stay with that. I use miles to go, and I say wherever you're headed, keep going, which is your journey through hell, kind of a thing. Like wherever you're headed, keep going. It really feels uh, like a lot of loss and confusion, and why isn't this working? And and then (sighs) it will all line up. Mm -hmm. And that level. um, In fact, I just had something happen to me yesterday, and I have a coach, I have a support. So entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. get support. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter how great you are, please uh, get support. Cause it's lonely over here. Also, that's a big, yeah. that's a big shift. It's lonely yep. over here, yeah. uh, unless you've got the people, but she asked, how are you feeling right now? And I said, you know, it finally, it like these pieces aligning like this, it feels possible. The word oh. I could come up with was it feels possible. Awesome. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the magic. Yeah. Is that it's it's possible without the rest of that framework and those things that you've developed as coping mechanisms for working inside the space you need to work on, yeah. even if you are great at your work, um, I had tons of those. But as those shed away and I find more aspects of myself and figure out how to bring them into my business, mm-hmm. there's so much more possible and it's it's just an entirely different kind of experience of, 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 loving the work, even as a person who's always had advocations and has always loved my work,
2: mm-hmm, this mm-hmm.
1: is different um, because it's so much, all of me, right. It's, it's so much, all of me. I don't have to, um, I don't have to put on anything else that doesn't fit me mm-hmm. at all. And it's, it's, it's an unbelievably freeing experience. And Like you've unlocked a next level in
0: doing so. And fallen into a deeper trust and knowing of what you are capable of. Because when we're applying it in a um, a pre-existing structure, we're kind of performing for somebody else. And there's ways that we can act and manipulate things that, as you mentioned earlier, aren't necessarily... Completely true to who we are, right. but we can be very good at them. And when you go into being an entrepreneur, solopreneur, starting with an idea, you don't know what those systems and structures are. You don't know what those outcomes are. You don't have an existing client base. You don't have a guaranteed paycheck of any kind. You really have to trust yourself. And we haven't done that as fully formed adults, air quotes. Since we were like four years old. That's right. That's right.
1: Oh, there's this.
2: The best best
1: people who know how to do this are kindergartners. Yes. It's actually true. Um, Wonderful thing that you can watch is the spaghetti building challenge. I spend a lot of time in the STEM space. And um, this wonderful sociology experiment was held where they went to all these different groups Mm -hmm. children through adults, uh, engineers, architects doctors teachers you know all these different Mm -hmm. folks and kids also and had them build they got into teams and they had to build a structure out of um spaghetti dried spaghetti and string that would hold a marshmallow on the top Mm -hmm. so when they did all the data for the subgroups of who could build the highest tower fortunately for all of us um you know, the architects and engineers did do, they, they did rank one. So thank Uh goodness for that because we, we want them, we, we do want them coming out at the top, but group number two was kindergartners. Uh And it was kindergartners because no one's told them what they can't do yet. Yes. And, and like it or not inside of our work world, inside of our Communities inside of our our education system, all of that, at the at the risk of sounding um, like a true radical, <laughs> um, you know, I, I I have an organizational psychology degree, and and this is one of my arguments about a lot of the theories. You know, they're about two hundred years old. They were all founded by men whose names I can easily pronounce with my Western tongue, um, mm-hmm. who look mm-hmm. shockingly mm-hmm. like me, mm-hmm. who were in charge of. The workforce at the time was 40% under the age of 16. And, you know, people who were, uh, unfortunately, any marginalized group was not even considered a human. These are the structures in which Mm -hmm. we built our society. Mm -hmm. And so you are adapting to a society that probably wasn't built for you. Yes. And and when you get to this entrepreneurship space that... (laughs) yeah, that kindergarten joy of like possible can come back and, and, uh, and it's scary and weird and Mm -hmm. feels somewhat untethering from time to time.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I have a, a, uh, avocation to my advocation, which is watercolor work. Oh, fun. Uh, I discovered about a year ago around the time that I got into this, it was, it was sort of my balance grounding activity. Uh, I was an arts educator, but not an artist. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: And I tried this and fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And it's become part of my post. If you follow me on social media, you'll see all of the, the posts that I make. Actually, that's my own artwork.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'm now in the process of illustrating a children's book, which is like my um, old work. It's a, it's a children's book on expressive arts for mindfulness and emotional tethering for trauma-informed practices. So it's like my work meets my work meets my work. Yeah. I was doing it the other day and I was like, I need to get some more illustrations done because this takes a very long time to do. And I was like, it's the middle of the day. Like I had this moment of, I right. shouldn't, I shouldn't be painting in the middle of it's the day. Naughty. <laughs> right. Right. Like this isn't, this isn't right. I need to do like, this is your work. Yeah. This, this thing you love so much that you mm-hmm. can't conceive that it would be part of your day. Mm -hmm. This is your work
0: now. That's a huge win.
1: It's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing transition to go Mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm.
0: It's so, so here you're describing this, like you are on the other side from the mindset and the full, um, acceptance that you're now an entrepreneur and you've left the working world behind. So you've quit your job. You've been doing this for about a year. It sounds like you've created a lot of work for yourself. With you know knowing where to put yourself, who to outreach to, what audiences to get in front of, and so how is that business part of it? So the the mindset and soul is there, yep. which sometimes can be the longer, harder journey. How are the other elements of the business coming along?
1: Um, you know, I think we're starting to turn a corner. Uh, oh. I have had plenty of moments and and look like I also, uh, just for reality and financial context, I also do things like participate in medical studies that happen in my community so that there's, you know, uh, okay. so the, the pay some gift cards for those. I'm not above if I have to deliver for DoorDash or something, I'm, mm. I'm going to do it. Love it. Um, because you have to eat. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the reality of the situation. Um, you know, my work is interesting because it is primarily speaking and consulting. I am working on these other creative endeavors with um, workshops and the books and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. They're all long game things. Very. So what yeah, has yeah. to happen for me is I have to get in a room. I have to be able to speak to an audience that would work with me. Mm-hmm. Then I have to be able to connect with that audience outside of them being an audience,
2: Yes.
1: get a proposal to them and get it mm-hmm. booked. So mm-hmm. my timeline is measured in months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that means there's lots of gaps. So when it goes very, very well, it goes very, very well. The last month or so, all of a sudden, I've had all these kind of dominoes fall. Mm-hmm. But uh-huh. I hit several periods of time where, you know, two or three months, there would be it was me and social media, right. right? Me trying to put something together or, you know, selling a, a $50 thing or, a, you know, I ran a workshop that was $30 and, and I, you know, ended up making, I think, $56 or something after they took all of it, right. um, but I can reproduce that workshop. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the other thing that I will say is repetition is key mm-hmm. uh, to doing this. And uh, am I rich yet? no. Um, am I making what I was making as in a full-time leadership position? Not yet, but I think this is probably the year. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it was a big adjustment. It was Mm -hmm. changing, uh, lifestyle. It was changing a a lot of things to, to be able to get to this place. And I still have had that battle and patience is not one of my gifts. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I really wanted to to have this kind of rocket off in the first you know, four yeah. months I wanted 120 days to yeah. people know me. I have community connections. Yeah. I've got all of these. It's gonna be fine. People are gonna hire me. And the reality of the situation is for thought leaders, this is really true. Um, one, I had bad boundaries. So I was giving away too much of my information. Still, mm-hmm. a thing I fight myself with all of the time. I want to help people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: so badly that I'll forget that I have a mortgage
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and that that is not a recipe for financial success it will lead to both existential and actual financial dread and so I I've had to learn to draw boundaries yes um I've also had to learn, when a person, you get very hungry for this, for business. So you want to work with everybody and you can't yes. work with everybody. Yes. So I recently had a client I was doing some work for, and um was actually translating materials for her into materials that look some, somewhat similar to mine. And I did a ton of work. I, I underbilled myself yeah. to begin with. Um, and then I made another concession and anyway, I ended up not getting, but 50% of that money. And then she wanted something different and was trying to add on to it. Sure. And I finally had to say, listen, I can no longer afford to even try to get this other half of the money mm-hmm. because I, I've, I've already far gone beyond the value of, you know, the assets you have far are beyond what I've been compensated. I can't do anymore. And then to draw that line. So I have made... Far more mistakes in the financial side than I've gotten right mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: in this entrepreneurship mm-hmm. space, for sure. Um, but every single one of them has led me to the next structure I needed, message I needed, connections Founded I needed. It. Yep, and now that is all starting to line up. Yeah. So that I'm, I'm confident when I go into a space, I know exactly. Um, what I need to have. I know not to say yes in the room. You know, we get so excited about yeah. entrepreneurs because it is personal. Well, and then
0: attached, right? Attached right. to,
1: oh, I'm going to get it. This is, yes, this is, look at me. You yes. Know. Yes. And all of a sudden you get this, like, you know, the mm-hmm. yes disease. Yes, mm-hmm. I can do this for you. Yes. I, and And look, you probably can, but should you? Is that the best use of your time? And so I have really tried to um, discipline myself heading out of 22 and heading into 23 to say, I'm not going to just jump at the yeses and jump into helping everybody, which is my nature. Mm -hmm. Well, you're a healer. And right. that right.
0: is, you just want to give it all away. And when right. you're a millionaire, then you can have some philanthropic. <laughs> that's right. Dog,
2: like,
1: a, well, a, and, you know, and I, offer. look, I did a thing. I founded my own nonprofit because I do want that to happen. And so yeah. it's sitting there waiting for
0: so beautiful.
1: the rest of, of this piece. And, and I think that's the other thing I've done is I'm, I've gone ahead and said, what are the things that I can do that will satisfy that piece? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: that do not have a negative drain on me that actually lift me yes. up course, and, right. and that's really been, um, that's really been important. I, I love all of the work that I'm doing, but I do have to work on and continue to work on the boundaries of, of not saying yes to everything, mm-hmm. uh, not helping just because I can help. hmm uh, and knowing that I do have to prioritize my own, my own needs for the business, yes, without looking at those things much like we were talking about the the feelings and the emotions we go through, not looking at that as permanent. There mm-hmm. will come a day when I can give somebody, you know, 25 extra hours of, of consulting work for no charge, because I like what they're doing. And even though they're a little difficult to deal with, it's worth, you know, it's worth seeing them get where they're going to, to be able to, that day will come, but it's not today. Today, (laughs) I have a teenager who needs groceries.
0: You know, <laughs> a teenage boy, by the way, listeners. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very hard to feed. So right. in this, what's so beautiful? You have a vision for the future. You've already committed, created um, a piece of that by establishing that nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So that is such an energetic charge towards where this is all going. <clears throat> the other pieces, and I mean, I went through it too, and I, you know had to learn what was going to work for me and my lifestyle with my family and my job and and all these different moving pieces without being at the computer 18 hours a day, (laughs) you know, basically sleeping in computer sitting position and to go back. And so in that there's this level of like kind of taking yourself a bit more seriously, So like Starbucks sits on the corner and it's Starbucks and it's always Starbucks. And it's like, I'm a Starbucks and I have, you know, no emotions (laughs) around this, but I'm here for business and my coffees are this price to get in the door. And that's that. And, and so, you know, generally like, why do we, I just want to get it out there. I just want to give it. I just, I need to do it. I need to do it. In that case, stay in your job a little bit longer, learn those lessons with some stability around you and wait to make that leap. If it feels right, if circumstances, you know, fit around that, Um, or just be aware that these, these things are going to happen. And so, you know, we all end up learning from our own mistakes anyway, but there's always wisdom and at least some insight and, reminders when we hear what others have been through because I mean my my entrepreneurial development is not different from that at all from what you described either so that means lots
1: of people are going through it um and yeah go ahead I just I love you you said you know it's taking yourself seriously and, and and I don't mean that, in, and I don't think you do either in any kind of a, a heavy way. no. It is the understanding that like, this is what you do yeah. and yeah. what you do has value. It actually has value. I, someone in my, I have this wonderful group that I'm part of this coaching and consulting group who helped me yeah, and we work together as new entrepreneurs often. And one of the, the women in a small group I was working with said, you know, my goal for this next year is i'm going to get paid to do what i know because i know what i bring to the conversation and i was like bam like that level of self-empowerment mm-hmm. um you know of her very much taking herself and her skills seriously um was brilliant and i i ran into again i'm i'm always reading things i ran into an article a couple of weeks ago that aligned so beautifully with that, which was actually talking about in the business world, how poor we are at standing in our strengths
2: mm-hmm.
1: because we, we devalue our own strengths because they're easy for us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. we don't <clears throat> think that there's a ton of value in our strength because we think if it's so easy for us, how can there be value in this? If I'm not struggling. hmm negating the fact that that's, that's your superpower. That's your zone of genius. That's right. And, you know, I have no problem. I can get in front of a room of 5,000 strangers. It doesn't bother me. 50 people doesn't bother. like, that's fine for me. And it's so much a part of not only is it fine for me, I love it. Mm-hmm. And it's so much a part of me that it took me a very long time to, I mean, it's been facilitating groups and speaking for free for uh, well over 10 years yeah to be able to get to the space of saying yeah not everybody can do that yeah and certainly not everybody can do it well and in a way that compels people or wants to bring people in and communicates a message and there is real tangible value
2: Mm -hmm.
1: in being able to do that my responsibility then to myself becomes knowing
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that's one of the things I bring to the table and that there is a tangible value.
0: To see yourself as you really are, to know that your specific skills are unique and necessary, and to sort of see yourself in a similar, not in a comparing way, but in a similar value position as the people whose services we will pay for. That's right. That's right. And it's so
1: funny, right? Because you are probably a person who would never ask for some of the things that you do for free Mm -hmm. from another person. Mm -hmm. You you know, you're probably a person who would, certainly you you get the Starbucks analogy, right? We don't walk into Starbucks and go, because I could make the coffee at home, I expect that you give me the coffee for free here. Yeah. Yeah, But you didn't do that. You chose to come here. And the expectation is that these people are going to have the skill of getting you your coffee and the resources to do it. And and you expect therefore to pay for that service. And it's such a a mindset. I will say this from an entrepreneur standpoint, if there is something I wish that I had done before I left, although it was time for me to leave when I, Mm -hmm. when I left and it was time for me to start this business for sure. When I did, um, Mm -hmm. I wish that I had done more work around getting my mindset right about abundance and about money. Mm -hmm. And in particular, if you are a person, I I think I fall into a certain category of, of person in one, I'm a creator. Mm-hmm. And so the, the creators in general, we, we've been very much enculturated in, to have our work, you know, be unvalued. It, we'll do a lot of work for exposure kind of a thing
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, that in and of itself. Also, I come out of, of a whole history of, of more than 20, almost 25 years of work uh, in service professions, right. nonprofits and education professions who are that are billed out loud as being not for abundance right? Mm-hmm. These professions are billed as, as near martyr kind mm-hmm. of positions mm-hmm. all of the time. And it it made that combination made it very hard and became very revealing that I had real issues around my own financial value,
2: yeah. that
1: I constantly went into a space and would say to myself, it's going to cost X amount to do this. And I know it's going to cost X amount to do this. And I would discount myself in real time yeah. trying to make it fit, like trying to make somebody else comfortable when they weren't uncomfortable. Right. Um, the, You know, they weren't uncomfortable. And I'm still, I'm still working through that. I'm still not at a, um, nowhere near charging the rates that a lot of my colleagues charge. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still working through that piece. And I I think if there was something that I wish that I had done differently, it was really analyzing and getting to the bottom of what's my block Mm -hmm. around me having,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, as I stand in the thrivership, not survivorship space, why would I financially assign myself to a survivorship role?
2: Mm-hmm. The same this
1: is what I really need just to get by so I don't lose money on this project, as opposed to saying I'm going to bring something spectacular that's going to you know change organizations, change the way if I can change the way somebody speaks to someone in acute trauma and interacts with them and that changes all of those people's trajectories. Why do I not have a high value on that? Yeah. I, I know what it would have meant for me yeah. to be able to get that space. So I would say do that work. That work is is huge because as you're doing that, I'm building the plane and flying it, which is what we do, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it at the same time. That block um, can threaten to undo all kinds of things. Uh, I'm very transparent about, I am a solo parent. I do live (laughs) alone. I don't have close family ties. There's no you know, there's no, there's no trust fund. There's no, no. none of those Mistakes things, or, things. yeah, Right. Of none that, of that. Um, yeah. Right. So I'm, you know, we're either going to survive or we're not in this. Mm-hmm. And so you would think that I would just be over it based on that. And I'm not because it isn't, there's, there's a different emotional tie to that. Mm-hmm. And so if you are going to go into this space, make sure you do that work and either do it ideally before or do it first, because mm-hmm. I really stumbled several times
2: mm-hmm.
1: in, in not valuing myself. And and it takes time. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, it can yeah.
0: feel really uncomfortable. Like, oh. you know, if I were to charge an offer, that's more than my two paychecks per month. I'm like, what, what do I deliver for that? Yeah, 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 the, yeah. Where's the like 10 pages of, of, mm-hmm know outcomes for that Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it is it isn't something that can necessarily be defined in that way because as you said it's the impact to somebody and what it's worth to them not so much what it's worth to you right right and so your your fees to cover bills and or you know plan ahead are one thing and they're different for somebody who's going to have access to money to pay for what you got because they just need it so bad and you know we look at that in if we apply that to like sports athletes
2: right you know
0: they're not worth 10 million dollars a year per player to me right by stretch but they so are why can't that. i be worth you know not worth but why can't i then charge three thousand dollars for something that's going to have this this greater um, you know, spirit opening of self of healing and expansion for these beautiful people who are deservant of that.
1: That's right. That's right. And there's, <clears throat> there is space for, you know, like I did found the nonprofit, there has to be space for both. Mm-hmm. Because I certainly recognize that I would have benefited from the work that I am doing now, at a time when I had far fewer resources than I do now, like I wouldn't have been able to access my own work. Mm -hmm. And that was a real barrier for me
2: Mm -hmm. that
1: to pricing myself always has been like, I can't afford myself that won't, you know, that doesn't fit. That doesn't fit. Well, yes, it does. You can, you can carve that space where you will be able to reach those people who need you and cannot reach you. You will never be able to reach those people though. If you don't charge and reach the people who can pay more. Yes. You will never get to those people. And there's this amazing metric um, I was reading on e courses where they, they look at um e-courses and, and all services really. This same study backs it up that when you get these kind of um, you know, 3999 courses, 1999 courses, 99 dollar courses, the rate of request for refund. Mm-hmm is something like three or four times higher hmm. than when you're dealing with the $600 courses and the $900 courses and the $1,100 courses. So isn't that interesting from an even um, protecting ourselves and our energy and the work we do space,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that if, if we go out and create something and we bargain basement it because we forgot right. to value ourselves, that we are actually going to spin down into more negativity because more people who buy that are going to actually expect more from us for that low amount of money than the people who invested mm-hmm. uh, In you know, market. a much greater sum of money, 10, 20 times more, um, who have a, a different level set of ex- expectations and a different relationship with with money themselves.
2: Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Um, so I, I think that it, it is a huge. That is a big learning curve um, mm-hmm. for. it Certainly has been for me. It isn't for everybody, and you know certainly you see corporate America is, is based around people who didn't have that block, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but a Well, lot we of- don't know. Like I mean, money blocks can happen
0: to multimillionaires, and hopefully oh, we'll find sure. out one day. <laughs> yes, right. Well, you know, there is. Level is is another area of self awareness and um and limiting beliefs right That's as, right. as exactly. you progress into? it never ends you never just like oh I'm here now it's not like a gold medal and I'm sure that even Olympic athletes when they hit gold medal they're like well now what
1: <laughs> we're here absolutely I mean there's always that um what happens next what happens next what kind of a kind of a mindset but I think if you are a person who has really struggled in that value space of, yeah. of reaching people because you want to reach people. Yeah. Um, this is work you're going to have to do if you don't have another income because uh, you suddenly, need money. that's you very need right. Money. Right. The reality of the situation is um, that as much as I would love to be living in a, a, a commune community where, you know, my mm-hmm. work in, in, in trauma and helping somebody walk through that is traded for the chair mm-hmm. I need and somebody else is making yeah. the, the bread my teenager wants to eat. Yeah. And we all yeah. just have uniform value for all of the things, which is, you know, actually what socialism is and not how we actually practice it. So I wouldn't be careful with that word, but, you know, that would be lovely, but mm-hmm. it isn't what's around. What's real is that you know a mortgage <laughs> company does not expect it will not accept the likes and accolades that you mm-hmm. got on social media as payment um mm-hmm. nor will they expect exposure I can't go and do a free speaking gig and tell the airline that I'm doing a, a free speaking gig and therefore I get a free seat yeah um, that is not how it works and so you do have to get that space right. Yeah.
0: So this is like in the, and, and I have a similar money archetype to you. Well, what I'm, what I'm assuming would be yours, which is the nurturer, where we just want to give everything away for free all the time. Like mama mia over here. You're like, yes, have my heart, have my blood, Mm have all my gifts, just take them all for free. I don't want anything. And in that now I've come to realize as as somebody that I follow online put so beautifully, if we want to give we should also want to receive that's right because everything has an alternate or reciprocal energy Mm -hmm. and giving needs to um, go somewhere and become something else so we're very open to giving it all away now we need to complete that loop and be open to receiving and this is exactly where I am in my practice of of entrepreneurship and self-development is opening to receive and and you know letting that channel come in whatever ways whatever small teeny tiny ways to larger and larger ones so then I can get this whole thing churning as one fluid um motion
1: that's right well and and it is connecting i think one of the other sort of mindset I, I won't call it an error but shifts i had to make
2: mm-hmm.
1: was knowing yes i needed to think about the the practical aspects of those finances but not channel my energy at the finances so yes. this is a very yeah. this is a very uh, nuanced explanation i guess but i, I go to um <laughs> One of my self-care things is hot yoga, mm-hmm. which is the thing I never thought I would say in my late forties. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not a, I never was a yoga person. Um, and now I'm way into this hot yoga thing. I've been awesome. doing this for uh, almost a couple, almost two years now. And, you know, they go through this process, of, at least in my studio, of having a set and atten- an intention mm-hmm. and um, amazingly powerful things, these intentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I had it for a while been thinking about uh, abundance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was initially really channeling that towards this financial piece. And I I, I kept yeah. it kept feeling wrong. And I started to, I just shifted it just a little bit to say, no, no, no. I don't actually mean that. I mean the abundance of of peace and of creativity and of energy and of all of these things that I actually value.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean the abundance of that the abundance of opportunity to share these stories and do this work with people like that's the abundance I actually yes. want. Yes. The resources follow it.
2: Yes.
1: I've done the work to say this is the value but I have to be open to this kind of the abundance that is the abundance of my values flowing through my life
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the way that I see them happening. I want I want to be busy. I know plenty of people in business and their business structures who are like, you know, work four hours a week and make seven. Mm-hmm. I I am not built for that.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't have
1: any desire to do that. Mm-hmm. I have my desire is is opportunity and busyness and the the you know virtual chaos, and teetering on the chaos of of having lots of people who want to have these interactions and being able to I get my energy from that given yes, take and that feed that's the receivership, right? Like we said, I think in the preamble, if, if it has
0: nowhere to go, it's not fully expressed. It's not, you know, um, yeah, fully expressed. So it needs, needs that complete cycle.
1: Right. So as long as I'm not Mm -hmm. really, as long as I haven't just decided I'm giving this all away.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: If I keep that vision for my intention of, of abundance, then the finances are going to follow that, right? If I, I open to, myself yes. up to receiving yeah. those kinds of opportunities, that level of energy, that level of connection with other people, so I can serve them, the finances will follow Money's it.
0: Money is going to be like, hey, what's that party over there? That looks like fun. Exactly. Oh, there.
1: Exactly. We're, we're, we're going We're to we're visit that. And really and truly, yeah. um, that is what has happened for me, is that that shift has started to take place where I'm calling in mm-hmm. what my values actually are. So I, I don't want to mislead anybody and say like, you have to, you have to get your, you have to be, you have to be valuing money mm-hmm. uh, in this very linear kind of structured way. Talk yourself out of it. Yeah. You you can't separate it. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have to, you have to welcome it in with everything else.
0: Welcome it in with open arms and non-attachment so it's, it's, just with pure love and, you know, joy to say, Hey friend, how are you? Come on. Down. That's right. That's right.
1: Go. Have a drink, have it <laughs> That's right. That's right. These are you know, these are your tools. These are your building blocks to get you mm-hmm. um, to the next yeah. level of that of mm-hmm. that amazing journey. Um, yeah. Which this is. I mean, it's it's a crazy journey. Um, yeah. It absolutely is a crazy journey. Yeah. Um, it's full of all kinds of revealing things. But I can't think of a time I've I've had great, I've had great careers. I've, I've loved all mm-hmm. of them. Um, mm-hmm. But I can't think of a time when I've really had more joy. Which is funny because I'm, you know, I'm a trauma informed. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right. I I work in the trauma informed space, and people like, wow, that's like really heavy. Sometimes, absolutely, it is. But a lot of times, it's not. It's about understanding the the dimensions of all of this and how much actual joy there can be in finding that thriving and that transformation. Um, so I'm actually having a, a spectacular time of uh, building these tools and getting to do this stuff that, you know, if you're that person, who's always looking at a system and going, yeah, I understand what you want those outcomes to be, but you're never going to get it like this. And I don't understand why you're not doing it like that. That's your superpower. <laughs> that's just revealed itself. The reason they're not doing it like that is because they don't get it. Mm-hmm. And you do. That's the thing you pursue.
0: That's right. Such such wisdom. And you know, we'll just recap. This is in a year, right? A year of your and entrepreneurial not even, journey.
1: Not, not even, even quite a year full time. Um, I yeah. yeah. I built my website in late late 2020. I didn't full leave my full time work until June of 22, and I was really part time mm-hmm. doing it. Um, about a year ago now, 21, 22. Yeah,
0: I love it, Nicole. Where can we follow you?
1: So you can find me um, on on Facebook and mm-hmm. on Instagram and mm-hmm. on LinkedIn and on my website. So I am Miles with a Y always. Mm-hmm. So M Y L E S. On Facebook, I'm at Speaks Miles. On Instagram, I'm at Miles dot the number two and go. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn under Nicole Miles or miles mm-hmm. to go as well. And my website is miles to go.net. So you can DM me you can get on my email list. I'd love to have a connection with you and, um, and chat some more.
0: Fabulous. And I'll just also say with the why in the miles, it's like the fork in the road that just came to me. Yes. So it just plays into the, the greater depth of, of what you represent and what you're doing. Um, This has just been absolutely amazing, so stimulating, so real, and, um, you know, I've seen a lot of very, well, we talked about, I don't know, maybe big concepts, they're very tangible, and they're very relatable, and I just can't thank you enough for spending time with me today and sharing those bits of wisdom and helping us encourage other startups to pursue that and to do so, knowing that it's going to be bumpy and that's normal, And just keep surrendering and and opening to that um, to see what more there is because all journeys, you know, have ups and downs. So we just ride them out and we ride them out together. That's right. As as I I say, wherever
1: you're headed, you just keep going. Just keep keep going. going. We're here. More brilliant ideas in the world. So bring them. Mm -hmm. If you've got them, bring them.
2: Bring them. Amazing. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Nicole. Thanks for having me.